sky so bright, just like raindrops in the window pane. When your eyes are blue, something's wrong with you. Let me kiss the love light back again. Brown eyes, why are you blue? Hello and welcome back to the American Writers 100 Pages at a Time podcast. Um, and currently we are looking at some of the works of Sinclair Lewis, uh, the novels he wrote around the middle of his career, uh, the late later half of the 1920s. It parallels nice with what I'm working on now in the Lovecraft series, which is also his work from the late 1920s. So some of these works were written really around the same time. Uh, very different genres, very different audiences, uh, very different uh, reputations, but uh, of the same time. One of my favorite times in history to read about, to study, to think about actually that whole period from 1880 to, to the 1920s and 30s, I think is super fascinating. Um, and, and this novel partially shows why I think uh, there's so much interesting things to think about and talk about here. So uh, actually, the novel we're looking at now is Aerosmith. Um, which is about Martin Aerosmith, a doctor. Uh, the first part of the book explored his education. The second part saw him establish a family and get settled as a country doctor in a small town. Um, but as we ended in the last episode, he's basically sort of moved on from that. He found he didn't quite have it what it takes. He didn't quite have it what it took to be a, a county doctor, which meant kind of being a folksy, uh, well-connected guy. That's going to be a theme that continues to this episode, but even more so because he thinks, well, he gets this job and, and this is kind of into the first chapter I want to talk about today, uh, chapter 18. You know, he gets this job opportunity basically through some like corruption, but, you know, but largely that's the issue here is, is how corruptible he is, how much he can play the role that's expected of him in these different jobs he has. And, and the tension is always, does he want the peer research career or does he want the, you know, does he want to be a doctor? And, you know, as, as I said last time, I think these come to a head in the climax of the novel uh, with the plague and the Caribbean islands where he essentially has to do both. Um, but throughout his own career, this is the tension, you know, can he be a scientist? Can he be a researcher? Can he, can he be in the lab and be in the public eye or can he be in the lab and be a doctor? Uh, helping people. Um, but anyways, you know, this part of the book, the middle third of the book, I'm going to do this over five parts. So this is the middle third of the book. Um, really, the tension is really, he's in his most political role, maybe, uh, in the whole book, in this section of the novel, where he gets this job, basically, to work in this mid-sized town of Nautilus, Iowa, to work in the public health department is basically like the deputy in this public health department. And this is really coming off of his him being influenced by this guy, uh, Sondalus. Um, I'm forgetting the name. Yeah, Sondalus, yeah, who was promoting public health. And Martin's like, wow, that's really something I'm interested in. He's, of course, in bacteriology and immunology. And, and that was the research he did in, in medical school, uh, studying under Gottlieb, who we spent a lot of time with in the last episode. So he's... He's eager to take this job uh, in this public health department. And, and Nautilus is, I think it's also a made-up town uh, by, by Sinclair Lewis, like uh, Zenith and like uh, uh, Winnemac, the state that he invents. 
but it, it's like a mid-sized, it's like a small city, really. It's it's like the kind of town I grew up in. I think it's like 30,000 people or so. You know, Wheatsylvania, where you had a clinic, is like 5,000. It was like a ridiculously small little town, rural area, not much going on there, very small network. You know, you offend a few people, it ruins your business. Those are kind of the struggles he had. Nautilus, he, he thinks, this is the place I can really make a name for myself. I can really do some good. I can really play out public health ideas. So he comes very optimistic. And actually, every new job he gets, he comes with some degree of optimism. And it's kind of funny to watch him always constantly be frustrated as he realizes that this position is all compromised. He can't quite uh, be what he wants to be in these different places. But he goes on to Nautilus. So into, as we get into Chapter 19, we're introduced to Nautilus. Um, Lewis writes, Nautilus is to Zenith what Zenith is to Chicago. So it's, he's kind of moving up into um, larger areas. And eventually he ends up in Chicago, as we'll see at the end of this episode. He, that's where he ends up going. Now he's working in this public health department under this guy, Dr. Pickerbog. And Dr. Pickerbog, he's the politician doctor. In fact, by the end of this episode, you'll see he gets elected to... Congress, and the headline is the first scientist, first medical doctor elected to Congress or something like that. Um, but he ends up having a political career and he wants, and that, that's the thing, that's an interesting thing is like this intersection of science and politics is maybe stronger during the progressive era than any time before. And we're really, um, this idea that government is there to solve problems, to solve political, to, to solve uh, public health problems, to solve social problems. This is why you had like this eugenics movement becoming so strong politically and, and actually passing laws, or you had the temperance movement actually passing laws leading to, of course, prohibition. So the, this is all because science is informing policymakers. And this is, this is reflected in this novel through this character, Pickerball, who actually is able to become a con congressman and, and go on basically on a platform of public health. So everything he does is political. And that's the question throughout this whole um, part of the book is to what degree is Martin Aerosmith able to avoid descending into into politics? To what degree is he able to continue to do his research? To what degree is he able to be actually solve problems in a community, public health problems, without offending groups? Now, Pickerbaum, he does everything in a very banal way. He does like these special weeks like, you know, Fetal Weight Awareness Week or, or VD Awareness Week. I, I forget them all, but, you know, he's got all these special weeks that are supposed to highlight different aspects of public health. And then he has that later on, he's a health fair. He talk, he calls, he has his doctors or his daughters, sorry, his daughters, um, they become, uh, what's the word for it? The health vet octet because he has eight girls. He's got these eight girls, so he basically sells them as the health act octet. They'll, they'll go publicly and sing songs and do various things to try to build awareness of public health. Maybe it's not bad stuff he does, but, uh, you know, it doesn't really solve problems. It's it's all very political. Now, when Martin Aerosmith, you know, notices a problem like uh, an infection among the cattle and he wants to solve it, you know, he runs into conflict with the with the unions. And eventually by the end of this section of the novel, he basically gets driven out of Nautilus. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see the, how the story unfolds. But my point is Dr. Pickerbaugh is very much the politician. Uh, and he's very much a public figure, constantly in the public eye. And right away, we, Aerosmith learns that he's basically not going to be able to do what he wants to do, which is like research and actually help a community. 
he has to spend all his time smoozing with people. He, sp- he has to spend time with Pickerbaum's family. They go go to cabins. They go to dinners. He gets invited to the house with his wife. And then he gets all this. He's constantly distracted. There's like three or four chapters where we just see Martin Aerosmith constantly, constantly distracted by uh, Pickerbaum, by these stupid fairs and these stupid special weeks. You know, there's one time where they're weighing babies, you know, because it's like fetal weight awareness. <laughs> Something really preposterous like that. Um, but he's constantly busy. He's also distracted by the fact that he has really a strong attraction to the eldest daughter of Pickerbaum. He's got eight girls, right? So I, I, I'm not sure her age, but she's older. Um, Orchid is her name, and she's like super hot. And Aerosmith has got the hots for her. And Leora knows this. Aerosmith's wife knows this and is aware of this. And there's a lot of family tension. That's distracting him as well. On top of, you know, through all of this, he's just unable to get any time into his, into his uh, research in the lab. He can't be in the lab, right? So there's all this deep marriage tensions here. And, and that's what's going on in Chapter 19. Is we just immediately learned just that whatever high hopes he had weren't going to come, weren't going to be achieved because simply life in this kind of environment was going to be constantly compromised by social pressures and, and political pressures and, and all that. And Pickerbaum, although a doctor, is the quintessential politician more than he is a doctor. He's kind of morphed into that. So chapter 20 is more about the distractions. Here it's a new distraction. Chapter 19, it was Pickerbaum and his family and, and Orchid distracting him. Now it's uh, there's this guy living in Nautilus, Irving Waters, who's an old like Winnemac University colleague, and he's like wants to hang out with uh, Martin Aerosmith, gives him advice, and and all that. So he becomes the new distraction. Uh, we have this ongoing flirtation with Orchid, who at one point even attends one of the lectures. And this lecture is a really interesting point in the book. It actually happens about halfway through the text of the novel, where you know he wants to be in the lab. He wants to solve problems. He wants to do his public health work, but he gets asked to give this speech, to give this lecture, and he sort of likes it. He kind of digs it, and it lets him, he kind of basks in the public eye for a moment. And But the problem is, is that Orchid's like in the front row, also distracting him. It's so symbolic of all these different tensions, of his family tensions, his sexual attraction to Orchid, his desire for her, his the, the attraction of the crowd, the attraction of the public eye, and his desire to do pure research, good research. All these things are in deep conflict here. Um, I mean, here's what Lewis writes. Between Pickerbaum and Irving Waters, Martin was drafted into many of the associations, clubs, lodges, and causes with which Nautilus foamed. Into the Chamber of Commerce, the Moccasin Ski and Hiking Club, the Elks Club, the Oddfellows, and the Evangeline County Medical Society. He resisted, but they say in high hurt manner. Why, my boy, if you're going to be a public official, and if you have the slightest appreciation of the efforts to make you welcome here, um, and that's that's true to a degree, right? One of the cool things about the progressive era, is, and that's all like the whole response to urbanization. I'm getting this from a book called Bowling Alone, which was written many years ago, but the book argues that, you know, as Americans went from the village, from the countryside to cities, they lost community, but they reformed it, and they reformed it through all these associations and groups, things like the Elk Club and the YMCA and churches, right? 
And the argument of the book is like we we're moving into like a new post-urban world in a lot of ways, and we haven't yet reformed community. You know, I don't know how that book's considered today, but it's it's an argument that I remember a lot. Not so much for what it says about contemporary America, but for what it says about the progressive era is why I'm interested in that book. But that's good stuff. I mean, it does build community, but you can imagine Aerosmith's frustration at being thrust into this part of life. He doesn't really have this desire to schmooze this way. And, but he has to, right? Um, now, the final scene of, the book, of this chapter is Pickerbaum inviting Aerosmith to his cabin. It's, it's again, during a winter time, and once again, we see the, this distraction of Orchid. Orchid is going to kind of be a... It's not really a love triangle. It's just more flirtation and, and sexual attraction. It's a bit disruptive to the marriage, but it never goes anywhere because eventually Pickerbaum gets elected to Congress and Orchid goes with him to, to Washington. So he just sort of drifts away. But it does... Sh I think the point here is that Martin Aerosmith, as much as he wants to be the peer researcher, he wants to be the lab guy, he wants to be like Gutlieb, Gottlieb, who can just kind of break himself away um, and be the pure researcher. He can't. He's too young, maybe, or he's just too much of the world. He's too worldly. Not as worldly as like Elmer Gantry, who will meet in the next novel, who is a horrible person and totally worldly despite being a preacher. Martin Aerosmith is a much more admirable character, obviously, but he's also constantly distracted, and and so and he is the kind of person who can be easily compromised. Right, it's going to be difficult for him to to balance these social pressures and things like that because some part of him wants to be out there, some part of him wants to be political. All right, moving on to chapter twenty-one. Uh, here we get the weeks part. It's really funny. Quote: Nautilus was one of the first communities in the country to develop the weeks habit, now so richly grown that we have a correspondence week, Christian Science week, osteopathy week, and the Georgia Pine week. A week was not merely a week. If an aggressive, wide-awake, live-wire, and go-ahead church or chamber of commerce or chastity desires charity <laughs> desires to improve itself, which means to get money, it calls in those few energetic spirits who run any city and proclaim a week. This consists of one month of committee meetings, of hundreds of columns of praise for the organization and the public prints, and finally a day or two in which the athletic persons flatter in appreciation, appreciative audiences in churches and cinema theaters, and the prettiest girls in town have the pleasure of being allowed to talk to male strangers on street corners, apropos of giving them extremely undecorative tags in exchange for the smallest of sums with which these strangers think they must pay if they are to be considered gentlemen. Um, end quote. So, obviously nonsense. Um, and obviously Lewis is criticizing and critiquing this as a shallow thing. Um, and... You know, ongoing distraction for poor Martin Aerosmith. He just can't get his lab work done. He's distracted by his boss. Literally, these children of Pickerbaum go to his lab and, like, harass him. And, of course, Orchid sometimes is doing this. And she's just totally distracting for him. And then on top of that, you have all the social engagements. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, I think the whole point of this chapter, it's a fairly long one, but it's all about Martin's inability to kind of balance these things these different parts of his life but overall just the shallowness of political life it's so palpable in this um chapter and actually in this whole section of the book i mean pickerbaum wants to be a politician and he's really good at it but it doesn't do anything it's 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 a dead end kind of for um 
you know, it doesn't actually achieve public health goals. And when Martin Aerosmith is in a position to actually solve public health goals, or how about, you know, actually improve public health outcomes, he only does so in ways that offends everyone to the point that he eventually has to leave town. But Pickerbaum, who does nothing, is very popular and eventually gets elected to Congress. So that's that's the that's the thesis here, and I, you know, it is you know I, I think it's it's fairly convincing here. I, I think there's a lot of truth in this. Uh, this is just how politics are, right? So um, chapter twenty two. Um, so Pickerbaum basically politicized the health campaign to become a candidate for Congress. So he's making a name for himself locally through. Um, his public health campaigns. I guess Nautilus would be big enough that it would have been basically the center of a congressional district. So he's able to basically use this to be the springboard for his political campaign. I think the Republicans draft him to be a candidate for Congress. And while he's away, he's still head of the department, but basically Martin becomes the, the health department. He becomes the head of the health department, de facto head, essentially, as the assistant. And here we get his first real test of his ability to be political or not, and that is with uh, the unions. So the tension here is that there's like a, this epidemic among the dairy cattle, um, and this is unionized. So the the effort to kind of stop this whatever he needs to do to stop this epidemic is contested by the union, right? So he makes enemies of the union by the end of this, this effort. Um, now, Martin Aerosmith himself is not pro-union. He's not pro-worker. He's not like a leftist type of character. He's just a doctor, right? And, and maybe he's too apolitical for the job he has. I, I maybe Certainly, Lewis is suggesting that we shouldn't politicize public health, um, certainly a lesson for today uh, with COVID-19. But at the same time, I think he realizes that if you are going to be in these public positions, you have to be political. And, and Martin Aerosmith is always sort of in the wrong place. Um, and I think that's that's part of a lot of the tension of the novel is just Aerosmith finding the right place for himself. And to some degree, it is going to end up being the place where he can be a doctor and be a scientist. Uh, but even as a scientist, as we'll see in the next part, the next part of the book, that's his like next phase. After this phase, he's also compromised there and he has his own problems in that life. So it has to be some kind of balance between these these things. But certainly the p pure politics is, is a dead end too. Um, and then more broadly in this chapter, chapter 22, we find Martin Aerosmith needs to work with the local elite. He needs to be, uh, to, to schmooze with them. Now, Pickerbaum did this and he was good at it and Martin just sort of went along prior to this. But now he has to be, he's the face of the public health. Anyway, it's a lot of nonsense here in just the, the life of being a public health official, I guess. So as this chapter ends, we're told Martin realized that he was likely to be the next director of the department. Pickerbon had told him, your work is very satisfactory. There's only one thing hold that you lack, my boy. Enthusiasm for getting together with folks and giving a long pull and a strong pull altogether. But perhaps that'll come when you have more responsibility. 
end quote. And that's tested in the next chapter. Um, well, actually, in the next two chapters, I suppose. But uh, chapter 23, um, we Picker Baum, he's still on the campaign trail, but he's in, um, he's in a Nautilus. And he has his health fair. And the health fair is kind of interesting because you get a little snapshot of all these different uh, reform movements of the progressive era. There's like eugenicists are there. There's uh, uh, family planning people. There's uh, the anti-smoking person. She's actually injecting nicotine into rats to kill them or into mice. It's pretty gruesome stuff. Um, but a lot of these different politics. And of course, he's playing politics and doing this health fair. And a catastrophe happens. A disaster happens. In fact, there's a fire that threatens to kill a bunch of people. And Pickerbaum's able to sort of save the day. I almost want to say, like, he planned it or he plotted it. But it doesn't seem to be the case. But the point is, Pickerbaum is using this to get to Congress. He's using this as part of his campaign. It's, there's no real public health reason to have this health fair. It's just about politics. It's about smooching with these different groups and different interest groups and different political perspectives. Um, but he actually risked people's lives in a way like it's useless, but the threat of the fire was real. And I guess that happens all the time where disasters happen and it wasn't attended. But, you know, the event that was supposed to expand public health risked people's lives more than it saved them. But nevertheless, he's able to springboard his heroism and his various public health efforts into getting into Congress. Uh, the headline in Nautilus is Almost Pickerbaum wins, wins First scientist ever elected to Congress Sidekick of Darwin and Pasteur Gives new punch to steering ship of state now, I don't know if he's the first scientist Well, of course it's fiction But if there were no scientists elected to Congress Prior to this um, Who knows But he gets that He gets there And he, he leaves Martin to basically be the head of the health department He set it up beforehand Pickerbaum did That Martin Aerosmith would be the the head of the of the health department and then orchid leaves too that kind of sad there's no no affair if you're looking for an affair you don't get it in this novel he ends up remarrying but that's because his wife dies um but poor aerosmith loses his his kind of infatuation girlfriend um and then chapter 24 we get martin's essentially reforms and what he does is he expands the staff of the public health department. He brings in this guy, Ruf, Rufus Oakford, um, and he kind of sets up free clinics. And this pisses off. Now he's pissed off another group of people in Nautilus, the doctors, who don't want the free clinics competing with, with their paid clinics. Um, but he kind of withdraws. He's got more time because he's, he's got all these people doing stuff for him. So this Alkford seems to be a fairly capable guy, so he's got more time for lab work. And he's actually able to publish a paper and do work on epidemiology, um, bacteriology. Really, his big thing is these antitoxins, toxin antitoxin stuff. Um, but by and large, what's happening in this chapter is he's making more and more enemies. Uh, the biggest is when he tries to shut down these tenements, and then he pisses off like the landlords. And that becomes a big legal scandal in town. And... By the end of this chapter, he basically can't live in Nautilus anymore. Uh, he's forced to resign because the mayor appoints someone higher than him to be like an overseer. And then Martin Aerosmith's like, F that, I am out of here. And so he kind of is able to springboard his publication in a prestigious medical journal to get a job in a clinic in Chicago where he's going to make, how much is it? Uh... 4500 a year. 
Um, oh, no, 2500 a year. So he takes that job, and he's off to Chicago with his wife. Now, he, he kind of sees himself as a failure in terms of his public health experiment and that he kind of got run out of town. But he vows at this point to, to just make money. That's, he says, from now on, I'm just going to be a doctor in Chicago. I'm going to focus on my career, focus on making money. I'm going to do what they told me to do way back in college, essentially. Uh, so this enters into a new phase in his career. That's where I'm going to end today. We're about uh, 300 pages into this book. Uh, we have two more episodes and two more phases in, in Aerosmith's career to look at. Um, but the major theme here is the politics of, of how politics compromise public health efforts. And this is going to be lessons that he's going to have to learn uh, if he wants to successfully combat the return of the plague to a Caribbean island. And we can discuss in a couple episodes to what degree he succeeds. But first, we got to see uh, how Martin Aerosmith uh, does in Chicago, how he re-enters into lab work, how he re he re he meets up again with Goldlieb, and um, kind of has a another exciting uh, phase in his life. Uh, this this book really is kind of following him as he's experimenting in different parts of the medical profession. He kind of gets a tour of all the different ways one can be a doctor, and, and he kind of sort of fails at all of them. So far, we'll see if he finds success in the next episode. So I hope you'll join me when we look at, when I, when I complete part four, when I upload part four of my review of Aerosmith by Sinclair Lewis. A great novel you really should read, especially in this time of COVID. It's super relevant for today. Um, but let me know what you think. Send me an email at 100pagescast at gmail.com. And I will see you next time. That's when they begin Disappearing like the April snow Brown eyes, why are you blue? Brown eyes, what can I do? Don't keep the sunshine off of your eyes Say if you are wise, use up all your